0: such a time of difficulty and stress for parents if you can kind of bring mm. any kind of understanding of the situation to parents i think that's as valuable as changing the management hello fabulous humans today we are talking
1: about babies with genetic epilepsies with pediatric epilepsy clinician and research scientist amy mctake from great ormond street hospital in the uk Amy, who specialises in epilepsy genetics, will tell us about her work and care for babies with rare genetic epilepsies, their families, diagnosis and the crucial work she performs in and with her lab team and with fellow clinicians and scientists in both Australia and the US. Layman's terms are used for the majority of the time, but as always, keep the Epilepsy Sparks Glossary to hand because we have added a few more terms this week to go with the show. Thank you so much for joining us today, Amy McTague. <laughs> Could you please tell everybody a bit about yourself in 30 seconds?
0: Um, so my name's Amy McTague. So I'm a, a epilepsy consultant at Great Ormond Street and I'm also a researcher in early onset epilepsies. So basically, I have a research lab at UCL called the Matt Tague Lab, um, and we're focused on looking at how genetic abnormalities that cause epilepsy work at a neuronal level. So we've got we're making stem cell models, and then in my clinical research, I'm focused on rapid genetic testing in the early onset epilepsies and trying to kind of understand the genetic basis of them further. How long have you been at Great Ormond Street? So I think I came down from the north (laughs) from the far north about 10 years ago so I came basically I did all my kind of neurology training in Liverpool and I told her hey and then I realized that I really wanted to do a PhD and because genetics and epilepsy was just emerging around that time Uh and I was just so kind of frustrated sometimes by seeing patients and not being able to understand what the kind of underlying cause was and realised there was lots of exciting stuff happening in genetics. So I approached someone and came to Great Ormond Street basically to do some more epilepsy training, but also to do a PhD in molecular genetics with Manju Kurian, who's now a professor at um, UCL. So I basically um, learned lots about genetics very quickly and did lots of lab work and sequencing and cell work and kind of worked on a new cause of a rare epilepsy and kind of also got the opportunity to do lots of phenotyping, so lots of understanding what different genetic conditions look like. So that was all a really, really great kind of grounding. And then following that, I got a consultant job at Great Ormond Street, Um And started doing my own kind of epilepsy clinics and established some epilepsy genomic clinics as well with some colleagues and an MDT so we can discuss the results and have built up that kind of expertise from the clinical side and then um, after um, applying for some funding I've been able to start my own lab so I'm kind of trying to unite the kind of research and the (laughs) clinical side together. So what's the most exciting thing about your work at the moment? There There are kind of several aspects so I find it really rewarding seeing the patients and being able to hopefully get them an answer more quickly than we can currently in the NHS. So we've got a study called Um. the Gene Step Study, which we're running as part of a big kind of international genomic collaboration, um, which is with um, three different centres from around the world. So we're working with SickKids Toronto. Um, and Melbourne Children's Hospital and Boston Children's Hospital so working with a really great collection of people like worldwide mm. experts it's really exciting even to be able to meet them once a month is very exciting essentially what we're doing is we are um, for babies under 12 months of age who have who present with epilepsy we are sending off a trio test so from the mum and the dad and the baby and we're sending uh-huh. whole genome sequencing and we're getting that result back in 21 days so being able to deliver a result hopefully to the families much quicker than we can currently on the NHS there is some rapid testing on the NHS but it's very restricted for certain circumstances so this is for all babies who come with epilepsy to Great Ormond Street at the moment so that has been really challenging in lots of ways to set up um, because it's changing the way that we practice and the way that we get results but it's also been really exciting because it's had lots of I think real impacts for families as well and, and and real impacts for management so what what medicines you choose or you don't choose but also impacts in having an answer so quickly is also going to totally change how we how we see epilepsy that starts in the first year of life I think
1: how do people know to come or be referred to your to your services so I mean do do you have
0: patients from all over the UK We do see patients all over the UK at Great Ormond Street. Um, So we work very closely with kind of locally in a network with paediatricians in in kind of North London and then more widely with our colleagues throughout the UK. So we're kind of part of a a network of paediatric neurologists. So we're always happy to kind of help colleagues with patients who are kind of um who you know where we have expertise we often kind of give opinions for patients so particularly for some of the rarer genetic epilepsies where we may where i particularly or my colleagues may have seen more patients than may come because lots of these conditions are individually rare but collectively quite common but in terms of this study at the moment we're just at great ormond street but we're hoping to roll out some other centers kind of in london and potentially more widely as well so we're applying for more funding to do that how exciting um, and it, and
1: you're just making me think, you know, especially things that are internationally are going to have a sort of wider gene pool. It'll be
0: interesting to see differences amongst people from uh, different parts of the world. Doing it internationally has been really exciting. It's been quite challenging <laughs> as well because all the, all the different healthcare systems and yeah. how how we've how we've managed to get funded across the four sites has been very different. But it's not only it will be obviously different populations and the way people present differently in different healthcare systems and we're hoping to show that even across those different systems having the diagnosis earlier in the patient journey can make a big difference to the patient and the and the parents experience as well as their the management of the epilepsy Um, but what's also really helpful for me kind of just in terms of learning and as a researcher is being able to discuss the variants or the genetic abnormalities with the other centres because often with genetic testing you get lots of uncertainty as well as some definite answers so being able to kind of call on that international expertise is, is really helpful as well
1: are you involved with EpiCare at all as well? Because the way that you're talking about, about your your group of um, professionals from around the world, it reminds me of EpiCare.
0: Yeah, I am. Yeah, so I'm part of a working group for genetic epilepsies with that, so that's great as well. and We're, we're doing lots of cool things, like we're going to have some more educational stuff around genetic epilepsies, and we're going to have some more case discussions coming soon for genetic epilepsies. Um, and that's also really helpful for discussing kind of complex cases as well. It's been, I think you know all of us have our expertise but i think particularly when you're talking about a result that can have such an impact on someone's life it's really important to get a consensus even right. when it's something clear so having this kind of multidisciplinary team discussion of variants whether that's at your local hospital or whether it's part of a bigger professional network is is really important because we're just you know the whole field is changing and we're learning all the time about genomics and about what level of certainty we need to be able to call something significant um so i think (coughs) you you know you need that interaction with people and what does a early diagnosis provide for the baby or the child yeah that's a really good question so we we think and our hypothesis is that we think firstly for a small number of babies it can change management so we know that for some of the sodium channel disorders for example um If you have a gain of function change in a kind of sodium channel like SCN2A or SCN8A, that we know that they will respond to sodium channel blockers, whereas conversely, if you have an SCM1A loss of function variant, then that would be the wrong choice in most circumstances. So there are certain kind of management changes that you can do then. And also, even if you get a negative 21 day result, it also enables us to not, not use those treatments. It kind of a negative result is also important. So that's the first thing, the kind of management. The second thing is the the kind of certainty or the level of certainty you can bring to parents yeah. in terms of knowing what the cause is because often there are with babies that present with epilepsy as you know there are loads of different causes so you often wonder was it something in the pregnancy was it something around the time of birth um was it an infection was it uh, something else that happened and you know it's such a time of difficulty and stress for parents if you can kind of bring mm. any kind of Understanding of the situation to parents. I think that's, so far, what they've been telling us is that that's, you know, as valuable as changing the management. And then the last big piece of what we're trying to do in the study is to do very early developmental assessments. So there have been loads of really great whole genome sequencing studies, but they tend to be like a snapshot of those patients in time. And what we really want to do is follow our patients prospectively. So we recruit them and then we see them when they're 12 months of age as well. And we want to get more funding to try and see them when they're older. And we are also doing kind of quite um, in-depth developmental assessments because we really feel as a group that understanding what the developmental impact is of these genetic abnormalities early and then also intervening early could be really helpful because often... Unfortunately, with resources being what they are in, in lots of different settings, it can take a long time for parents to get help for their babies in terms mm-hmm. of kind of uh, therapies and, and, and different interventions. And if we can identify that there's potentially an issue with development early on, we can start advocating for those interventions to be earlier and we, we think that that's almost as important well, is as important as treating the seizures so we're hoping that we can demonstrate that that's valuable as well so what do you think
1: the future holds for your research and for the treatment of these babies and and actually for the babies themselves growing up because they're cute for a bit and hopefully you can help them uh, we're in in the cute phase um but you know for for the ones that um, do last a long time uh, are you following up with them
0: we would love to have as long a time follow-up as possible often the the expensive bit is funding our psychologists to do the assessment so that's what we're looking for more funding for and because we think as i said it's so valuable to have that even two or or five year data would be so valuable um i think in terms of the future what's what is really exciting for the field is that there are lots of kind of tailored treatments that are coming out so based on treating the genetic abnormality rather than treating the seizures or the movement disorder So if we can make these diagnoses earlier in the patient's journey, then hopefully what we can do is stratify or kind of feed patients into the right pathway for the right tailored treatment earlier. And the real hope is that if you could do that, then you could really maximise the kind of all the outcomes for that patient. So the developmental outcomes, the behavioural outcomes, the kind of burden on on families of having to attend hospital with frequent seizures so really maximising the life chances of that child by making sure they have the right treatment right from the start be that gene therapy or antisense oligonucleotides or, or any of the other exciting therapies that are being developed And if
1: anybody wants to get in touch with you, I will provide links to your profiles um, underneath this recording Um, and you will soon have a website, I understand. Is that right, Amy?
0: Yeah, I'm working on it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it'll come around. And we'll also have links on the Epilepsy Sparks um, website to Amy's lab as well. So you you can check that out. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Amy. It's been a a complete delight and I'm I'm personally really excited to hear more about your work and, and how you're taking things forward and especially the international side